When it comes to the plant-based eating debate, there's more to consider than just healthy or unhealthy. Of course, we want to eat things that make us feel good and generate energy to keep us going, but there's also a major environmental component that drives a lot of people to a plant-focused diet. But you don't have to give up some of your faves entirely. Impossible Foods makes meat from plants. They're solving the meat problem with more meat. By creating delicious meat from plants that's better for you and the planet, Impossible lets you enjoy some of your favorite meaty products with a plant-based twist. Ground beef, homestyle meatballs, sausage patties, all made from plants. And that's just a few of their delicious and versatile options. No more tension between craving meat but not wanting to eat so much of it or sacrificing your carnivorous faves for your health. Indulge in nutrient-packed, plant-based goodness and feel good doing it. Check out impossiblefoods.com to see how you can help solve the meat problem with more meat. That's I-M-P-O-S-S-I-B-L-E-F-O-O-D-S.com. Welcome to So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey, presented by Betches Media. This is an exploration of all pop culture, from the classic reality TV moments of the past and present to the latest Daily Mail headlines and everything in between. We'll dive into all the infamous and notorious messes you can't stop watching. We're looking at you, Tom Sandoval. Folks, welcome to an all-new episode of So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey, presented by Betches Media. Today, I have some of your favorites and one of two of my favorites as well. I was just recently on their show and had the best time. They are hot off uh, the heels of a triumphant appearance on Watch What Happens Live. They are doing live shows across this beautiful nation. In fact, they have two live shows coming up, one in Philadelphia, which will be next week. We'll talk about those, but we are here to talk about the season premiere of Summer House, and of course, we're going to dive into, I'm sure, a lot of the other shows as well, uh, but... They are manly men like me, because <laughs> that's the first thing you think when you think me. So we've got the Brav Bros Shooter and Steel. Welcome to the show, you guys. Hey, Happy guys. Night. <laughs> Full on guys night. I also love the idea of you introing and saying one of my favorite, and then Steel and I have to figure out which one is actually yeah. your favorite. By the way, what if I start playing manipulative mind games with the guests? That's what that would be truly uh that, that's truly amazing. I want to point out if you can't see this, if you're not watching the video, we all are wearing hats. Oh yes, yeah. dudes. Because dudes, dudes wear hats. And we all have stubble. We all have stubble or a full beard right now. I do want to point out covering Bravo for four years. My beard is turning so white that it is. And that's what's that's what's going to happen to you guys as well. You know, it's already started, dude. I look in the mirror and I was shaving today. I haven't shaved it like a week. So I was like, all right, it's time to like trim it up. So I look good for Ryan and everybody. (laughs) And as I was trimming my beard, I'm like, fuck, man, I got like a lot more grays than I used to have. And that's called Scandaball. Yeah, that's, that's called exactly Scandaball, Steel. You you name those white Scandaball. Um, so you guys, we are in the. Uh, I mean, there is so much Bravo happening right now, and I have to tell you, I was almost kind of not scared. Well, yeah, kind of scared that Summer House was premiering because I'm like, oh, we're going to go down this journey of Carl and Lindsay and all of this potential darkness. But then I watched the episode, and I got to tell you, it was like seeing friends that I like you know, back from, you know, back from summer break. How did you guys feel about the premiere episode? Yeah. I mean, that, that is essentially how I view summer house. Summer house was my original favorite. So every time that it starts up, even though I might feel a little anxious going into seasons, depending on what we've heard in the off season, once we get there, I'm happy. I like they pop up. I don't care. (laughs) Like we even talked, we talked to Carl last year about how bad the season was. 
And now I have like a newfound respect for him. There's just so many things that go on from season to season, but every time that it premieres, I get excited. And it's not, I honestly, it's probably because Winterhouse, I hate Winterhouse so much. That Wait, I think why do you hate Winterhouse? Winterhouse sucks. Winterhouse is so stupid. Winterhouse well, shooters is, coming out swinging you guys. Oh yeah. Oh, Winterhouse is so dumb. Those one-off shows I could do without them. I understand why they're there. But as far as us watching them, like, I don't need to watch that. There's nothing actually going to happen. They're just going to discuss things that we already know about. I don't give a shit about any of that. Let's just leave the placeholder where it is and let's get to Summer House because I always enjoy pulling up in the Hamptons, seeing my friends and getting ready to kick off summer because summer's supposed to be fun. Yeah, well, and Shooter uh, uh, is now programming for Bravo because Winterhouse is now put on hold. <laughs> Hell yeah. yeah. Winterhouse truly has been put on hold so that you're not going to have to deal with Winterhouse this next year, Shooter. Steele, what did you think of the, the premiere of Summer House? I had similar, I don't know what the word is. Like, I was anxious slightly, I guess, for this to come out because we've been covering so much, like our slate, and I'm you understand because you do an episode every day. Like, there's been so much stuff to cover recently that it's been borderline overwhelming like it the other problem it's a good problem to have is that a lot of the shows right now and in the past month two three months have been really good so it's been stuff that we've like wanted to cover so it's like kind of a which is wait but which is even more upsetting sometimes because you're like damn it i have to cover this as well like because it's hard to talk about yeah right like thank god you know it sucks and i'm here we go shooter potomac was such a flop this season so we actually whacked it from our lineup but it actually made room for all the other stuff because there were so much good things happening. But as it came on, I had a similar thing where I saw Kyle cook and I was like, Oh, you know what? Like seeing Kyle for whatever reason makes me smile. And then I saw everybody else and I had this overwhelming feeling the entire episode that, wow, the vibes are so, so high in the house. Everyone's getting along. Why? Because Carl and Lindsay are not. (laughs) Yep. That's exactly why. (laughs) <laughs> by the way you almost feel bad for these guys because it is you know and, and at the end gabby's even on a facetime call with Lindsay and carl and it's like that was you so guys funny. the vibes are immaculate here and it's such an obvious like it she's not meaning it to be hurtful but you no. can tell Lindsay is like what do you mean by that it's just no everybody's just getting along famously uh you know nobody's missing and Lindsay is like well we're missing and it's like oh yeah you guys no and I think nobody's gabby, missing <laughs> yeah gabby wasn't even putting it like putting two and two together about what that could possibly mean but listen at one point Paige. Paige now like sitting in bed as a virus she at one point in this episode got the entire house in her bed yep big moment yeah that's a huge moment for Paige. Paige loves that that's that's an iconic Paige moment to have everybody come to her bed so that way she doesn't have to leave she's not missing out on any of the drama or the rumors that are spreading here and there and she gets to talk shit in bed like that's that's the that's the dream for Paige. Yeah, we. I mean, we start off the episode with like really dramatic opera music. It's like, ah, ah, and it's like shot of like the Empire State Building, and we see some of the clips that we saw earlier a couple months ago with like the Lindsay and Carl breakup. And so we already know it's like I always compare it to the Titanic. Like we know this ship is going down. Let's see how we get to there. But then that's what surprised me was that then I really enjoyed the rest of the episode with the cat. Like I will say the Kyle and Amanda stuff. Obviously, there's some darkness there. That's a very real relationship. But even that, I hate to say, I was like, I enjoy watching them like give each other shit. Is that bad? I don't think it's bad. And I think it's because there's something about those two when they're feuding where it's it's not as like dark, I guess. I don't know, because they always seem to figure a way out through it. So like we've seen them at their worst, like the cheating scandal, like getting through that, you know, Amanda took him back, which 
I was baffled she referenced this episode. I couldn't believe she brought it up. Yeah, it came up at the was it at the very end. At the end and yeah, I, she yeah, dropped I was that. I was like, whoa! Yeah. I didn't think that was ever going to come back out. But there's just something about them where I don't know. They're tumultuous at times. It's rocky. They yell. They fight. But you will always see Kyle stumbling drunk back into bed with her, and she'll always open the covers and welcome him in. And then it's just something comforting about those two, I think. And I think that that's where this show does well is that if these two are feuding in the house, it doesn't detract from everybody else in the house. They don't take their bullshit to the rest of the group, which I appreciate because Kyle is able to compartmentalize and be like, all right, well, I'm going to go have fun here. And Amanda's able to do it be like, well, I'm going over here. And arguably that's the root of their problems. According to both of them is that they don't get together. But at the same time, the way that they go about it and not bringing the whole house down because they've got stuff going on, is something that a lot of Bravo couples as a whole could kind of take note of. Like you don't have to drag everyone down and have a terrible time just because these two are fighting. Well, so you're obviously referencing Lindsay and Carl too, from last season. Like they brought everybody into that. I mean, but Kyle also wanted to be a part of that. Kyle was throwing out like stuff towards Lindsay. A lot of that season shooter. Do you agree? No, no, not really. I think that, <laughs> I think that the way that That's it works, like that. the way that it works with Kyle and Amanda is we've seen them together for so long that even the rest of the house doesn't give a shit anymore. They don't get bogged down by the two of them uh. fighting. And yes, I, I mean, I will credit both of them because Kyle has, you know, Kyle's still Kyle. But when it comes to Amanda, he's a little tamer than he was, say, four or five years ago that we saw. And when it comes to Amanda, she can stand her ground a lot more like you already referenced. She'll go out and she'll still have fun with the girls. In the past, we've seen Amanda just go to her room. She goes to her room. She shuts her bed or shuts the door, gets in bed and she cries about Kyle doing whatever. And then Kyle's drunk outside and it's very messy. And there's a whole issue and everybody's talking about it now. Nobody cares anymore because it's just like, oh, that's just Kyle and Amanda. We're not going to get bogged down by them. But with Lindsay and Carl, I'm saying that it wasn't always like that. Don't throw oh. your hand up already. Well, it, you it, just it, said took no, a while to, it took a while to get here. We're here but now, we're but we weren't always there. And that's <laughs> well, my point. Lindsay and Carl, I don't think are getting any benefit of the doubt. As soon as they got together, everybody's annoyed. So they yeah. don't have that I mean, room for comfort of, yeah, they're going to yeah. be fighting. Like we're going to get involved immediately. And now we're all pissed off about this. They're not really, I mean, yeah, obviously they broke up, but they weren't really fighting a whole lot more than Kyle and Amanda used to. And I think it's hard when you go into that relationship and everybody's already decided that it's not a good relationship. Yeah. It's a really hard hill to overcome. Even if they're in a love bubble, you still have these permeating factors outside that just kind of bum you out when you think about it. But did you ever think you would see the day where Kyle is, uh, where, where Paige is a confidant of Kyle? No. No. Definitely no, not. but I love it. I, I genuinely yeah. enjoy watching those two talk to each other because I think that, you know, we see Kyle have heart to hearts with a few cast members over the past few years where he'll kind of connect and talk to them. I think Paige offers unique perspective to him because she is so close to Amanda and, you know, they've had to scratch and claw their way to get to this point where Paige and Kyle are close enough to talk. So she's seen him at his worst. She's seen him at his best. She's seen them at their worst, seen them at their best. It offers him insight into, you know, how Amanda's actually feeling about certain situations because Paige knows her so well. And at the same time, she knows how Kyle operates now. Like she can see through the anger or when he gets too drunk and when he makes an idiot out of himself, she knows that's not him inherently. And I think that it gives her a better read in the situation. At the same time, I think Kyle respects her opinion that much more because of how close she is to Amanda. So I think that in these scenes, you're getting genuine constructive criticism and a genuine back and forth 
versus somebody else that Kyle may go to that's just going to make him feel better or side with him or just blindly side with Amanda. You're getting a somewhat middle ground. Obviously, she's going to lean more towards Amanda's side. But Paige, and we've seen this kind of growing up of Paige and Craig simultaneously, but I think that Paige's relationship as well and how far she's come with Craig. <laughs> I know we could talk about that. But There's the a long insult, way to go. There's a long, it's a long way, way to go. go. <laughs> but I do think that, you know, these conversations between those two are really captivating to watch because it seems so real and it's just really good feedback. Well, the fact that Kyle uh, or she references Kyle, like, oh, Kyle will call me and vent. And I'm like, yeah. What is that like? I just never thought Kyle would be like, hey, Paige, I need you right now. Pick up the phone. Like, that <laughs> yeah. shocks me. And it makes me like, that's the kind of conversations I wish that was like GoPros attached to Paige at all times. <laughs> um, we also have the introduction of two new cast members. And in true Summerhouse fashion, one of the cast members can't be there immediately. It, the Summerhouse does not work unless people call off of the Summerhouse shooting. So we have Lindsay and Carl at the White House, which is acceptable. And then we had the, the the new gentleman that doesn't come because he's at his buddy's wedding. But we have West there. And West, to me, looks like a mini version of Kyle Cook, even though it's he's coming in as one of Lindsay and Carl's friends, I think, or Lindsay's. What did you think of West? I don't know. So we've done this for so long that I try my hardest to not jump to how I feel about somebody after one episode. I'm a little, I don't know. I'm a little trepidatious about how I feel about him. I think he could get really annoying towards the middle of the season. West? <laughs> yeah. What? I, you don't what are see you that? talking about? No, you don't dude. Get I, that? As soon as he came on screen, I'm like, I don't this know. guy, I would hang out with this guy in a heart. Yeah, All right. He's well, he reminds me of my earth. Come he August. Me of my buddy, like by like my, I have a buddy, Matt Byer. You reminded me exactly. Of, and I love Matt Byer. So I was like, I like this guy. And he seems like he has his head on his shoulders where yeah. he even says to Kyle in regards to Sierra. Oh, you feeling Sierra? He's like, yeah, but I don't get like, you know, it's the first night. Who, who knows who else is going to come in here. And then they have the super tall guy, Jesse coming in there after that. So like, I, I thought he had a good head on his shoulders, but shooter, you, you want to come out I, saying this guy's a dick. I think I may have gone I think I may have gone too far the other direction where now instead of like sitting and waiting and seeing how I feel about somebody if I feel like there's too much good there where like there's nothing wrong with it I'm like there's something's gonna happen I'm gonna be annoyed by this guy halfway through I don't know I don't know what happened to me but this is how I think now it's just I can't avoid it I think that he was so composed coming in like he seemed like a normal down-to-earth dude and like i i really genuinely appreciated how he was talking with sierra and actually asking her questions because we've seen in the past as sierra points out when new dudes come into the house it's usually a whirlwind and they're going from like chick to chick to try to figure out who's who's sending out the vibes sierra was giving him a vibe and he still played it so cool and i love that scene you referred to where when Jesse walks in the house and, you know, he's already talking about the tall guy. And I love that. He says like, you know, I had a girl say that I read tall and I, I, I love that. I thought that line was hilarious, but when Jesse walks in and it goes to his confessional, he's just like, fuck. <laughs> he's yeah, like, that's it's all dark. Exactly. Heads. I'm like, this guy's great. Like, and the fact that Kyle oh. <laughs> can have that conversation with him where he's saying to him like, Hey man, you feeling Sierra? Cause she doesn't even like cook with people. She's never cooked before. 
he doesn't take that and go, hell yeah, dude. Like, I'm going to get in there. Like, he's just like, but we'll see. The bar's not that high, is what you're saying. We've got a really no, low I'm bar. I'm saying this is a genuine dude. This yes. guy seems all right. like a real guy. But you're like, such a cynic. All you're bro. doing, all you're doing Jesus. is just saying no, he's not. not, all you're doing is saying he's not a scumbag. Like, no, I'm start, not. I'm saying he's a good guy, period. Not uh, just right. a scumbag. Well, well but, but you know, now shooters, now see, shooters got me thinking now, though. We can't, you're right. Maybe what did you feel about Corey? Hold on. What did you feel about Corey last year when Corey came in? You're like, yeah, he's kind of dick no, but he no. seems okay and the way that he talks to people it's like all right he could be a fun time now when we're sam like all right fuck with Corey, Corey, i don't when, care when sam when, no, when sam initially got with Corey, it made Corey look better in my eyes but until then i was like i don't know man he's doing yes, a lot man. of crossfit i think people he's liked drinking. Corey. i think they enjoyed Corey last year and now it's like no so i i'm just getting ahead of it all right that's let me okay. let me live and in I, the future. I appreciate where you're coming from. I get what you're saying. No, you I never thought that. I do genuinely because I we do jump our guns sometimes. So like, yeah, I hear you. But with Corey, I never thought he was a good guy. I was like, he's exactly what he is. Like he's the party guy. He's a playboy. He's gonna come in here and play all different sides of the street, which he did. Like he didn't surprise me at all. And when it came out that like him and Sam didn't work out, I was like, yeah, duh. That that makes a lot of sense. West seems genuine. And okay. look. If I'm wrong, I'll, you know me. I'll be the first one to say, oh, read that wrong. But You'll he eat a does seem, No, like David Yontif has to do that. But, <laughs> um, we told him, well, I forget what the bet was. We got to, but if he loses, he has to eat a jean jacket. But I Which, just, by the I, way, was a hysterical Katie Maloney, uh, yeah. uh, like, I would rather eat denim. And I thought that was such a visual uh, talking head. Could, like, uh, I thought it. it was great. Yeah, yeah but. But I, I don't know. I, I really, really enjoyed West. I think that he seems genuine. He seems like a good dude. He seems honestly like a dude that I would just hang out with. So I love that part of it. And the fact that, you know, you got the cattle rancher in him. Just he resonates with me personally. So maybe uh, that's why. Yeah. And he also looks like Folks, summer is just around the corner, so it's time to say goodbye to those jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. Now, I wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune, and luckily, I found Quince. Now, I have a lineup of timeless pieces I want that will keep me looking fresh year after year. I got a pair of tan shorts. I got a pair of green shorts. I cannot wait to style these for summer. And I got to tell you, the quality is great because Quince has all the seasonal must-haves, like 100% European linen shirts from $30, performance polos, and versatile flow knit activewear. The best part? All Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman by partnering directly with top factories and passes that savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. So you can feel good about what you're wearing on every level. So upgrade your wardrobe. Go to quince.com slash so bad for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash so bad to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash so bad. When it comes to the plant-based eating debate, there's more to consider than just healthy or unhealthy. Of course, we want to eat things that make us feel good and generate energy to keep us going. But there's also a major environmental component that drives a lot of people to a plant-focused diet. But you don't have to give up some of your faves entirely. Impossible Foods makes meat from plants. They're solving the meat problem with more meat. By creating delicious meat from plants that's better for you and the planet, Impossible lets you enjoy some of your favorite meaty products with a plant-based twist. Ground beef, homestyle meatballs, sausage patties, all made from plants. And that's just a few of their delicious and versatile options. No more tension between craving meat but not wanting to eat so much of it or sacrificing your carnivorous faves for your health. 
Indulge in nutrient-packed, plant-based goodness and feel good doing it. Check out impossiblefoods.com to see how you can help solve the meat problem with more meat. That's I-M-P-O-S-S-I-B-L-E. F-O-O-D-S dot com. I love that we're like voting West man of the year on Bravo already. He is man oh, yeah. of the year. <laughs> Number one but guy also, in the group. He made Sierra. I mean, and I, I don't mean he made Sierra almost seem interesting. And I, I know that sounds like a slam, but like <laughs> she did come off very different than she has in the past. But Sierra doesn't have a good record in the house. She's saying like, you know, we know the Austin situation. We've seen previous iterations of Sierra and she always comes off a little bit like a page underling. She doesn't we don't have Maya in the house anymore. So that's interesting as well. And they even have a conversation on the ride up where Danielle is driving and, you know, they, they want potentially Sierra to be in her loose phase, you know, it's like, maybe I'll try my loose era. And I was like, you don't have to try an era if you don't want to try an era. Don't go yeah. sleep around just to try to like have well, a new follow your draw. You know, it would be nice if Sierra didn't jump at the first guy that walked in the house every single summer. Like, you know, what? maybe just, maybe just, just reality shows make you do that. No, I think I think that's her. I I honestly do. I think that she's just I think she's like, oh, this guy's handsome. I'm going to talk to him right away. Like, I think it would be better for her if she just waited a couple of weeks and just see what happens, because you know what? You might get locked down to this guy and then another tall, dark and handsome guy walks in the door and you're like, fuck, I missed out. But that that should not be what we're basing it on is the tall, dark. That's my point. West is not a classically handsome man. That's my whole point of all this is like she gravitates towards him because he can talk. He's I a, thought well, he, I, well, <laughs> I think Paige made, Paige made a good point is that he got more attractive as the episode went on. Yeah. By the way, I love it. It's just three bros talking about men being attractive <laughs> as like cool dudes. Like, You're not comfortable no. talking about men being attractive. Then that's oh, I'm very, com- by the way, I'm very, not comfortable you. I just mean men, yeah. men in general, yeah. men in general, all you the men that are listening that. to this. When shooter comes uh, over to record and he looks good, I'm like, Hey dude, looking good today. He's like, thanks man. That, that's See, that's, that's why I sometimes get so jealous. I get so jealous of you duo groups like you and watch what crap and you get to say fun things like you're looking good today. And you like, well, I, well, steel hasn't told me that I've looked good in a very long time. There so it I, is. I don't know. There it is. Let's let's well, get into it up for the camera right recently. There. So what am I supposed to lie? <laughs> yeah. Lie to me. Make me feel better. It was his birthday last week for the love of God. Steel. Yeah, we've been sick and stuff like it's been we've been through it the last like two. We've had an amazing two months, but it has taken a toll. <laughs> God, tell me about it. Um, So uh, the 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 we have West and then we have the new guy, uh, Jesse Solomon, and they keep saying both his first and last name. And this Jesse Solomon, to your point, is that West got there first. Jesse Solomon comes in. He's seven one. Or seven two. He's very tall. He no, he's like six five, I think. He's six two. Should be playing basketball somewhere. Yeah. He should be. In fact, yeah. I you know, I get frustrated when I see people that that tall because I know immediately, like Sierra says in her talking head, I like, I like, I like tall men. I like I like them. And every girl seems to like tall men, but it's like a party trick. We gotta see if there's anything else there about Jesse Solomon. And he comes at the later half. We see him starting to hit on Paige, and I think that comes up next week's episode. But what did you think about this, Jesse Solomon? I did like Wes saying he has a smile that goes to his earlobes. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that son of a bitch is right. He's got these big white teeth. Am I going first this time? You I, can go this I am yeah. not going to like this guy. All I, right. There I, we right go. Right out of the gate. Like, I know dudes like this. Like, they're in finance. They're tall. They're handsome. Like, and they seem to think, and I didn't jump to this conclusion until I saw 
when he was talking about Paige and hitting on Paige. And I was like, okay, so he's one of those dudes. They seem to think that because they look a certain way, they have a certain kind of job, they get away with more things when they're a little bit more forthcoming and they don't follow the rules and they cross boundaries and they seem to get slaps on the wrist and they don't ever get fully reprimanded. Like I grew up with dudes like that. I know dudes like that now. I hate guys like that. That's the vibe I got when he entered the house. I was trying not to flag him immediately. And then I saw the scenes from like later in the season and next week. I was like, oh, that's exactly who this dude is. And I can't stand guys like that. But I think the girls painted it perfectly. And you can take it to a whole different level where it's like, yeah, West fucks. Now, excuse my language. And Jesse humps like a Labrador retriever. And 1000%. This is the <laughs> dude that can say the right things. Like, get, But when push comes to shove and it comes time to like perform, he sucks. He's the worst at it because that's his whole MO. What do you mean? Putting on what, do you mean perform? what do you mean perform? Have sex. Oh, make love. Make love. Oh, make love. Make love. Yeah. 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 Make with, well, sh- shooter. I'm guessing. I'm guessing you love Jesse. If we're going, yeah, let's get the, the complete last. opposite. You know what? Yeah. I love a good tall man. Um, no, no, no. I get that same vibe. Honestly, that Steele just got from him. He when he walks in the house, I got that uh, that New York uh, finance. Like he wears an Oxford shirt with a vest over it every single day of the week, and that's yeah. like his entire personality. You get that oh, vibe from him idea. immediately. I, you know what? I didn't. I'm gonna go out and say it again. I don't think that he had that great of a smile. I thought it was a little creepy. I thought it was wow. too big, a little, little Jokerish. Honestly, it goes all the way up here. Wow. You know how he got these scars in finance in New York. So that's wait, so happened. Tom's Tom Sandoval got compared to Heath Ledger's Joker in the New York Times this week, and uh, now we are comparing Jesse to a Joker type smile. A lot of more like Jared Leto. I think that uh, <laughs> Sandoval is probably Joker. Jared Leto. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I got it. So uh, I, what, I, I love that we are talking about the new characters and especially the male new characters, because I will say the last couple of seasons, we really haven't had a standout male new character on yep. Summer House. And I, you know, even going back from Alex, who would cook, uh, you know, turkey meat in the mornings because he was really needed oh, his protein because he was boring then, as shit. Yeah. And then last season, his name was, was it Chris? Chris. Yeah. yeah. Chris. Chris. And I thought, you know, I, I, it is interesting their casting process because I was kind of thought that Chris would get a second season, even though it was like so so. And I also am curious why Maya and Sam didn't get asked back. Do you guys have any thoughts about that? Maya, I don't think she did enough last year. I mean, like until the end of the year where she had the whole issue with her boyfriend who was clearly cheating on her and like all of that. That wasn't enough for me to bring her back. Sam, I felt like did a great job. Not only did she do a great job. Very surprised about that one. I felt like she connected with everybody in the group. Like there was the whole issue where even when her and Sierra were talking and her and Maya were talking because Sam talks too much. She handled that pretty well. And people started to like resonate with that. She had a good rapport with Kyle. How many times did we see her and Kyle talking? You're like, that's really weird that her and Kyle are communicating right now. Like I thought that Sam performed really well. I just wonder if there was a weird Corey caveat as part of that. And that's why she wasn't invited back. I wonder if Corey Corey dinged her reputation in some Maybe. weird way. But at the same time, I thought, well, why wouldn't they want those two in the house even dating? Because Corey potentially might stray. So that could be, or, or did they not want to interfere with already having to deal with Carl and Lindsay or their relationship? So I was trying to go through it because I thought, well, Sam is a no-brainer because she did do so much. And she seemed very like upbeat, wanting to promote the show. Yeah, That one confused me. No, and she yeah. honestly, I felt like she delivered so well last year to the point where she was actually partying. And what is this show about? It's supposed to be about having fun at a shore house in the summer, going out and having fun, meeting new people, throwing huge parties in the Hamptons, growing mullets, growing mullets, 
having mustaches, all the things that we love. And that's what I felt. I felt Sam did a great job of that last year, where it was yeah. honestly her and Kyle were the only ones that were actually partying. Everybody else was going to fucking Barry's boot camp at 8 a.m. Oh. So they would go to bed at 10 o'clock. Like it pissed me off beyond. Now, I know Steel Steel is a big uh, uh, gym rat. And that, but so I bet he loves when they get up and go to Barry's boot camp in the morning. I hate it like Shooter does. Yeah. Cause that I, just makes me feel bad about myself. <laughs> I don't, I, my whole thing with it is like, we're not watching the show to watch people go to Barry's boot camp. Like we get it. You're, you're fit. You're healthy. All that stuff. Like it's great. I love it. I love the fact that Ka- uh, Carl has found this health journey and I'm all for it and I support it and all that, but I understand what this show is about. It's not about Barry's boot camp, right? It, and that's kind of my whole point with those two. They don't fit the mold anymore and that's okay. But like, as I'm watching this whole show and like this first episode was so much fun. It was so fun. And I love that. Now, as far as Sam goes, I was baffled as well. I thought that she would be back. She did more than enough to come back. I would imagine that the Corey-Sam thing doesn't play out this year because they don't want to distract from Lindsay and Carl. I think that that probably had a little bit to do with it at least. But as far as doing her job and deserving to come back, she 100% did her job. She should have been able to come back. So I'm curious why, like what the reasoning behind that was, because it definitely wasn't performance-based. And she also resonated well with the audience. People seem to like her a lot. So I was confused about that a lot. But, you know, it just, it opens the door of how much are we going to get this season of Lindsay and Carl? Is that going to take center stage for the entire season? And that's kind of why they made certain choices because I don't want it to. Like, I, I know we need to get to the bottom of it. I know there's a lot of stuff out there that we don't know about it. And I'm, I'm here for it. But at the same time, without them there, this first episode, seeing all these other people, I'm like, look, there's going to be drama in this house without needing to force it. These people are going to get along. Some people are going to feud. There's already two dudes in the house that the the girls seem like they're into. So that's going to cause some shit. There's a lot of good stuff. And I I don't like when we force feed issues that we've heard about months ago. It's kind of the same thing that we went through with Beverly Hills. We knew Kyle and Mo were splitting. We knew all that was going on. Then we watched the season. And now that's really all you're focused on is like, oh, well, when are we going to get to this? When are we going to get to this? And, and that's why the season ultimately disappoints you because you yes. never get that. It's scratched fully. You just get these kind of uh, minor overtures of the stuff that, by the way, if you're a real Bravo head, you all you know more than the show presents us with. So it's frustrating to back up against that. So that's why ultimately, whether we're in the post scandal era or VPR or even the Carl Lindsay stuff, which we're about to see, we've already heard and seen so much about it, you know, so much speculation, so many things that it's ultimately those storylines are going to disappoint you. And that's why you do get fascinated. And I'm so happy, like I said, with those two guys, because I'm like, I could see myself talking about these guys. I could see myself being fascinated potentially with their, I, I have a lot of hope so far to go to Paige really quick. Paige, I think I've come to accept. She is a lot of girls like that's, you know, like girls want to be her girls yeah. lay like, and by the way, Paige is the funniest, one of the, the, the funniest people in the house guy or girl. Um, I've sometimes really questioned her being in other people's ears in previous seasons. Uh, I thought she, you know, and, and, and listen, I like Lindsay, you know, I understand people's complaints, but I, I thought it was sometimes very unfair because Paige would really rally the troops against her. I felt at times, the page thing that's interesting, though, when you put the Craig Conover in of it all, of even in this episode, she's like, you know, I've uh, 
what is it? I've, I've helped, I've helped my boyfriend for the last three or like something like about like, I've made him who he is right now and having yeah. the conversation with Craig about buying a horse and he said he watched one episode of Wrexham and wanted to buy a soccer team, which I loved. But I love that no matter – I love that Paige truly does keep Craig somewhat humble because here is somebody – everybody else, including myself, is saying, I fucking love you, Craig. I love you so much. <laughs> and Paige is like, you're good. I want this to work. Sure. But she doesn't ever seem effusive about it. What are your thoughts? I mean, we've talked about uh, the Craig and Paige thing for – what two three years now and it it takes a different shape but at this point in time we've talked i mean we've talked to craig about this and he seems fine with it and whenever it's brought up about how you know page always molded him into the person that he is today he's the first person to tell you that so that's why i don't think that he has any issues with her saying that over and over again because he agrees with it and i agree with it honestly like at this point if craig's going to keep talking about it so i'm fine with it i've, I've come to accept page for who she is we were mad about her sitting Wait, in shooter, bed. who is she shooter who is she who is Paige? Ooh. Yeah, who is she? D. To you. Uh, oh, oh. Uh, do you want to check my DMs? Uh, we, God, we, must, and, we share must, information. Do, do you really? Maybe. No. Who knows? <laughs> no. <laughs> Guys, let's put out the rumor. Shooter and Paige. <laughs> Craig, I am so sorry that you had to find out on So Bad It's Good. Please unblock oh, no, me, Craig. <laughs> Craig, what please unblock me, Craig. Please. <laughs> what just happened? Oh, no, no. It's, it's definitely nothing weird. It's just that she shares information and I share it through the show. So we've got channels. We work it through. We got to make sure we've got each other's agendas crossed out, you know? Wait, what the hell are, are we talking tell- about? Wait, wait, are you telling me, Shooter, that Paige has infiltrated the Brav Bros pipeline? So she is potentially Correct. feeding this show propaganda. Correct. This is news to me. I didn't Steel, know this. Is, Steel, is this true? Steel I have told no me idea. Yesterday that he's been faking his emotions about Beverly Hills for the last three weeks. So no, you I know. didn't. No, I didn't. <laughs> no, I didn't. I talked to Sutton about the secret Steve. All right, I texted Sutton after she went on a date with Steve the second time. And I said, I like this guy. And she told me that she got ghosted by him. She meant to say that she got stood up by him. That's what she actually meant when she said ghosted on the show because she went for date three uh, and he never showed. Okay. So I See, found that would have been because I was like, wait a sec, that's not ghosting when she was talking Correct. about that at the, the finale. And I didn't make yeah. a lot of sense. I was like, dude, that is not that at all. That makes way more sense. So I said the same thing three yeah. and, and she said no, because he stood her up and I was like, okay, that's cool. But I found this out like the day of Months the episode. Ago. No, I, <laughs> <laughs> I found it out like the day of the episode where she goes on date number two. So I was like, oh, I don't want to blow up her spot. And I don't want to say she got stood up because that would be mean. I don't want to embarrass her because she like shared that info with oh, me. Oh, so you knew the it. information before, before that date happened on but the show. I, happened, I, I explained what the ghosting meant. And then Shooter's like, wait a minute, how'd you know that? And I was like, oh, I talked to him. He's like, so you've just been faking it this whole time? Like, this calls into question everything. And I was like, oh, we, I had a conversation, now- we had a conversation about how great of a guy Steve was and how fun that date looked. <laughs> and Steel, Steel was like, yeah, that looked like so much fun. I kind of wanted I to do, I told do him. karaoke. Did you throw I mean, like, a couple and like, oh, carry out. Like, oh, Steel didn't on. tell me shit. So I'm sitting there talking it up. And he's like, yeah, it looks really fun. Didn't even let me in on anything. The and fact you guys are keeping secrets it. from each other is very worrying to me. And I will say this: Listen, I've never felt like more. <laughs> you still want to be part of a Bravo duo? Yeah. Well, I well kind, of, but I've never been part. I've never felt more of an elder statesman than I do in this moment. And let me just put this out here: You do not have to listen to it. Be careful becoming friends with these people. Be careful. <laughs> yeah. I've done it. It's I've, I've done it. I've made mistakes. It's not gone well. 
Uh, some things have gone well, but just be careful at the end of the day. I think you are two smart dudes. You know that already. Just be careful. Oh, thanks, Ryan. Nice. That's I feel like our dad just gave us a little pep I know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just be careful because you, you, Thanks, you, you there's going to be a day where you're going to have to say something against that person or say how you truly feel. And sometimes they just won't understand it, no matter how much you mean it from a good place. There's a lot of white in that beer. There's a lot of wise things coming out of you. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's um, all wisdom, baby. <laughs> well, uh, listen, so Paige, like, who do you think Paige is, Shooter, to come back to that? What, what? Who do I think she is? Like, who do you think she is on the show? Like, how do you view her on the show? Like, her I, place in I've house. I've come I've become comfortable with Paige being who she is. Where she will last year when she was spiking Danielle towards Lindsay during that whole fucking propaganda or that whole drama that was going on there, where they're sitting on the hammock. I don't really care for the conversation with her and Craig over and over and over again of when she's moving to Charleston because I'm done with it. I, until there's actually more information, I don't care. And we care know anymore. it's kind of fake. We know it is. Mean, yeah. Essentially, it's kind of fake because Craig's fine with it. Like they actually are on more of an agenda than people even realize. So it is frustrating to see that same conversation again and again. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yeah, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So, the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com and get up to 15% off your first purchase as a member with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for up to 15% off your first purchase as a member. Yeah, and, and I think that if she stays in the role of all the girls are going to come to her aside from Lindsay to talk about what's going on in the house we're going to get information like who else are they going to talk to they're going to go right to Paige in her bed sit next to her we're going to get a good scene about how Sierra feels about this person or how somebody else might feel about that or whatever and then some guys are going to get a little more closer to her and start talking to her she is sort of like the the caretaker of secrets in the house and I think that's her role for the house but she's not the keeper of secrets she just no no she lets them out which is even better for the show Yes, it is. She takes care of them for like a day or two, and then she lets them out the next weekend. It's great. But I will say, I mean, I I, I imagine for a lot of women, this is somebody they look up to because it, they're funny. They put their boyfriend in their place. They have their own job, you know, make their own paycheck, living in a big city. Um, uh, you know, a lot of things that I think would be admirable. The one ding though is just that I don't know. I think it's sometimes frustrating when we can't. The Lindsay of it all, the Lindsay of it all. And this ties in with Danielle as well, because, you know, Danielle obviously and Lindsay had a big major break in their friendship last season, which we all saw. It was very painful. And then Danielle went into Winterhouse, didn't have a good season on Winterhouse with the Alex relationship as well. Then we now know Danielle also had a relationship with Joe Bradley from Southern Hospitality, one of Shooter's best friends, and <laughs> um, which I found out last time I was on the show. And Danielle coming into this, she's in a good place with all of the other women and also kind of a good place 
with uh, Lindsay. They're like TBD. We'll see how it goes. And we do know this is where we know more information than we should. We do know that when the Carl breakup happens, Danielle is majorly there for her. And it seems like they are back in a lot of ways. What is before? I guess we'll we'll get to Lindsay in a second. But what do you guys think about Danielle? So I think that. Look, Danielle had a tough, like really tough season last year, and I don't want to ding her for that. I want to see how she responds this year, I guess, in regards to all of that, because last year was a disaster. I thought she was a train wreck and I didn't enjoy watching her and watching that whole thing between her and Lindsay got so out of hand, I thought. And whoever you agreed with, it just was a tough look. So I'm curious to see how she responds this year, what that relationship's going to look like. As far as we know, what we've been told is that they're cordial right now. They can be in the same room together. So that's great. But what I'm looking from or looking for from her this season, can she have a summer where it's fun, where it's not, she doesn't get involved with a dude and there's no drama surrounding it. She doesn't get into it with somebody else. I'm curious to see that. I'm also curious back to the page part of it, because one thing I will ding her on is the fact that she likes to stir the pot, especially when it comes to Lindsay. I thought there were moments last year where it got ramped up, where it didn't need to, where it got pushed to a level because Paige was in Danielle's ear, kind of chirping about it and also gathering the other girls in the group. Like we get that one scene where all the girls are in the, like the foyer or whatever, like the entrance way. And it's like Danielle's there and they're all like whispering to her while there's a conversation being had in the other room. It's like this weird faction and Paige is kind of like giggling about starting this shit. It's almost like she took pride in this blowing up. And I don't think it needs to go to that level all the time, especially with Lindsay. I think Lindsay gets a bad rap and look, she's got a rough track record. She has caused a lot of problems in the house, but I think that sometimes She's an easy target and she's easy to kind of poke and get a reaction out of. And I think that if they could lay off of her a little bit, you know, she got a bunch of shit for wanting to go out last season. And like originally they're telling her, go out, have fun, this, that. And then she does go out and then they have a problem with her being out. It was so confusing when they came at her and what they came at her about. I think that it would be a lot more fun to watch if you just leave her alone and kind of let her have a summer and see what you got. And if she does still put her foot in her mouth, that's one thing but we don't need people constantly stacking the odds against her because they're already stacked against her. the fact that they're driving to the house and West is like, yeah, Lindsay texted me and mentioned like, she's not the house yeah. favorite. Yeah. Imagine having to tell one of your friends that, Hey, you're going to a place where a lot of people don't like me. Have fun. Right. You know? Right. <laughs> like- so I just, I think that it would be more fun to watch if, if Paige didn't seem to have an agenda against her and maybe she doesn't, maybe it's just like in the moment she gets irritated and kind of pushes the narrative further, but I don't think it's going to be, like that this year just because we know what the caveat is we know what's going on it's going to be Lindsay and carl so i'm very curious to see how the rest of the group gets involved with this it's something that obviously has like real life ramifications it's an engagement and they're on the rocks and as we know they don't make it through it so i'm curious to see what the role of the girls in the group is i'm curious if as they're going through it you're going to see if Paige maybe tries to support Lindsay if she sees that she agrees with her more. I'm curious, or is she going to go the other way and be like, no, Lindsay's nuts, Carl. I've been telling you this, like mm-hmm. get out of there. So there's so many dynamics that are going to come into play with Paige, with the rest of the girls in the group. I just want to see how they respond to the Lindsay and Carl drama, because I don't need to see gang up on Lindsay for the sake of ganging up on Lindsay, but if she deserves it, that's a different story. So I'm, I'm curious to see how that stuff plays out. Shooter. 
I have an idea and I, I want you to try to do it the way that I, watch this show the way that I'm going to watch it because I, I can already tell the way Steel's going to watch Wait, it. Wait, na- naked with a block of cheese? Well, yeah, hey, Swiss don't cheese. Don't me with a good time. Yeah, now we're talking. <laughs> Ew, Swiss, really? <laughs> yeah, there's holes in it. Anyway. Um... <laughs> Come on, Steel. We're bros. We're bros. Anyway, I can already tell the way that Steel's going to, like, you just referenced this. You just talked about Beverly Hills and the way that you watched it. You only honed in on Mo and Kyle. So you didn't really get to see everything else. I, I don't want you to do it, yeah. I don't want you to do that with Summer House because I'm afraid that we're not going to get any Carl and Lindsay actual drama actually on the rocks until like the last two episodes. We, we might not. not get shit. And which, the way that which, they by operate, the, way, the first episode though made me okay with that. I was like, "Oh, we got stuff, we got stuff yeah, to focus because yeah. they're not there." But like right. I, yeah. Look, I think what, what's going to end up happening is we're going to have the uh, the annoying growing pains of them back in the house and them calling each other babe every five fucking minutes for like 10 episodes. Oh, my God. I don't, the first I scene with the babes, like immediately it, we went. We're going to get babes. it and everybody's going to get annoyed by it. And then they're going to start talking and then Lindsay's going to get annoyed back. And that's going to be really annoying. If we can focus on everybody else for a little while, that's great. I don't think we're going to get Lindsay and Carl on the rocks until the very end of the season because they didn't break up until September. So like yeah. th- that's that's again that's Labor Day weekend that's the last weekend of the year that's the last episode of the year so we might I, not get shit until the very end so I don't want to sit here and try to tear apart their relationship when they look okay in July in the July Fourth party when there's other things going on so I I kind of just want to put them on the back burner because look we don't get a lot well, out of Lindsay and Carl in for the most part when they're together they go to fucking boot camp in the morning and they don't party I think we're going to this season I think we're gonna well, see Craig, no. yeah, Craig, Craig Conover our favorite Craig said in an interview that once this season comes out you will get a lot more clarity on why this relationship breaks up throughout the season so I know Craig's not an editor on the show but from his viewpoint he says those things will become a lot more clear throughout this season. So I am thinking that we will get more than we think we will get, but Shooter is right. You know, like, and Beverly Hills was the worst example of this, the way they kind of tease this Mo and Kyle thing out. Mm -hmm. And the picking back up cameras were for two scenes that really gave us no information. The most information we got was in a talking head with Kyle of, I did lose my trust. I was not able to get it back. And very nonspecific because they're very protective of their family, which is odd when you on a reality show for 13 seasons but i'm i have my hopes very high on summer house but carl you you've interviewed carl on your show i have as well uh i think if we were to compare it to vanderpump rules like i don't love that you know he did this on camera i don't love that he called a camera crew before he potentially told Lindsay. but i will say what i do respect is that Carl has hung back and laid low since yeah like he did BravoCon, obviously and he's done things here and there but he didn't go out and do a karaoke band across the nation. He didn't <laughs> yeah. start a he didn't start a podcast called Carl's Crew. He didn't, you know, he's letting that's a good podcast, Dave. Yeah, by the way, do you, uh, Carl, I'll sue the pants off you if you take that. <laughs> uh, but you know what I'm saying? There's a difference. Like Carl almost I don't want to give a guy too much credit, but there is this element of he is potentially letting Lindsay have time to heal before the show starts and his story starts coming out. Is that fair that, to say? I think that so. That yeah. could be the case. And like with my my stance on the whole entire thing, and when the news broke, I'm trying to remain as neutral as possible until I see information, until we get some kind of answers, because we really haven't gotten any. All we know <clears throat> is that Carl called the camera crew, and everyone was so up in arms about that. And is it kind of messed up? Yeah. 
but every other show would try to do that. That's what's do we wish Kyle would have done it? Yes, of course. Yeah. Yeah. So like he's getting vilified for doing something on a reality TV show that is reality TV centric that most other shows would push regardless. So I thought that was weird out of the gate. Why I'm trying to remain neutral is because we've we've heard Lindsay. She's been a bit more outspoken since then. As you said, Carl's been kind of laying low. So there is one 100% a world where he may not be the villain here. Not that she is either, but maybe they just did not click. But I feel like it's weird that Carl got vilified right out of the gate immediately. Well, because you went that close. You get to the point where you're having people come on. People are booking trips. Like that's very damn close to the actual wedding. And I think that's part of the vilification is that it's something that he, if, if this truly, you know, we watch this happen, he probably realized a lot earlier than when he told her potentially and was trying to work that up. But this thing was moving so fast to get it on screen, on camera, whatever, that that I think is the part where it's like, oh, damn, but at least he didn't go through with it. That's fair. But that's my point. Is he supposed to go through with it because people were already traveling or because people already paid for their trip? Like, that's not a reason to get married. Like, is it messed up? Yeah. Did it go as well as it could have as far as calling off an engagement? No, but at the same time, you can't get pissed off at this guy because he called the wedding off because it wasn't right for him. And he also frames the conversation as I went into this to have a difficult conversation. It resulted in a breakup, but that wasn't the goal. So there's so many outliers and there's so many question marks that everyone was so quick to be like, can you believe this guy? It was like a week until the wedding. People booked rooms. They did this. They paid this. They paid that. Yeah, that sucks. And yeah, he's kind of an asshole for waiting till the last minute. But at the same time, you can't force somebody, man, woman, or otherwise to walk down the aisle and get married because they made people go on a trip or made people book rooms. That's not a reason to get married. And if this wasn't right in his heart of hearts and he needed to call it off, he could have went about it better. He doesn't deserve to be labeled the problem when we don't know what's going on. That's all I'm saying. And it could be him. It could be Lindsay. It could be mutual. I'm assuming it's kind of mutual, but I think that it's weird that he got so much shit immediately because of certain things that, yes, again, not great, but he doesn't deserve to be labeled a bad guy because he made a life decision about something that might be best. But still, that's what we do. That's what we seem to do these days. <laughs> no, no. I mean, I'm not, I'm joking, but I'm not joking. We do that with men. We do that with women. All of a sudden, it's bad guy. Bad yeah. guy. And, you know, yeah. I think the funny thing is, like everybody being, that's, you know, yeah, everybody that's doing the labeling, including myself, we realize how many gray areas there are in life. Is that yes. how many like elements, you know, like that there that, that life is 360 with all of the colors and it is not just as simple, you know, and especially once you start talking about these people, you realize how not simple it is when we talk about people in terms of seasons, like like sports players. Oh, they had a good season last season. Oh, like like I said, Erica Jane had a good season this season uh, yeah. quote unquote like had a couple horrible seasons before that where i thought she was a horrible human being now i'm not fully out of that pocket yet but she did a good season so it is interesting that we just throw those labels out but i will then push back to you steel and shooter because i saw your uh video this week about tom sandoval in the new york times article this mm-hmm. is just a man who cannot get out of his own way and right Once again, we've labeled him a bad guy. And sometimes I'm like, uh, he's a dumb guy. He's a stupid guy. Um, Where do you stand with somebody like Tom Sandoval as of now? Because I feel like he was starting to get goodwill. The season was trying to paint him in this light. 
But then the Nick Vile uh, interview happens where he comes off just as angry as ever. And that's a month ago. And then the New York Times article comes out. He did that in late December. But my God, two of the things that showed me that this dude has a long way from actually realizing what he was a part of. Yeah, I I don't know. It's tough to label somebody as like what, what's our what's our line for being a bad guy. It's really just about well, reality. I mean, like maybe like Har- uh I mean, I, I guess we could go Harvey Weinstein. Oh yeah, exactly. So he's not he's not at that level. But yeah. I mean, there's a line between guy, him yeah. him doing very dumb things, which I mean he did. Tom Sandoval did a lot of dumb things, and then continuing the dumb things over and over and over again in spite of his own image. I think once you get to that point and you really don't care anymore, that's when you become a bad guy. And the air about him is that he doesn't give a shit what other people think. Now, that's okay. If you just lean into the fact that you cheated on your girlfriend and you're kind of over it at this point and you feel like people shouldn't care about that anymore, that's one thing. But if you continue to do more and more things like the New York Times article, like the bio files, where you just come off as I don't give a shit in general about my self-image, one, that's not good for you, two you come across as a bad guy. Like you can't make those comments in the New York times article. They're ignorant. They're very stupid, but they're also just plain wrong. And if you don't understand why they're wrong, then that makes it even worse. And you saw his half-hearted apology on Instagram where he posted some fucking story. And he's like, I wasn't really thinking I was just talking like he still tried to explain it away instead of just simply apologizing. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Welcome to the Snapple Market Auditory Experience. Close your eyes. Imagine you're walking into your neighborhood store. You make your way to the back and reach for your favorite Snapple flavor. You can't wait. You take a sip. Whoa, that's a lot of flavor. Mmm. What flavor are you holding? Now open your eyes and check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavorful Snapple near you. That is the number one thing when it comes to Tom Sandoval is he's still trying to explain his side of things. He's not just apologizing and taking responsibility. He's saying, well, this is actually what I meant. It's like there's a whole fucking article, buddy. If you actually meant what you meant, then we would have been able to see that. But it it wasn't even just that quote. It wasn't even just the horrific quote. It was a string of instances throughout that article. And it just shows how the Danny Masterson comparison, the Danny Masterson talking about like the hyper reality of living moments three times because of reality shows. And it just shows, and this is like a warning to all Bravo liberties, how this show, if you're on it for more than five seasons, it turns your brain into pudding almost where you start thinking of yourself as filming all the time as creating these moments of living Mm -hmm. this like documented life where it almost takes away from actual real life. And it made me think now more than ever, I was like, this dude does need to step away for a year at some point and touch grass, get back to reality to actually be able to have a long career in reality. If that makes sense. Yeah, it does. And like my whole thing with it. And you know, I got a few comments from people in that video I made that are like, when are you guys going to like leave him alone? This and that. And I'm like, and I responded, I said, look, he stops doing this shit. Yeah. I was like, this is our job is to comment on these things. No, you're fine. And 
like this is our job. We're supposed to comment on these things. I don't want to talk about Tom Sandoval anymore. I really don't. I don't want to make videos about him. I don't want to keep going back to Scandoval. I think that we've talked about it ad nauseum. My whole point with it is and calling people like this out because I think people like this are dangerous. And like to your point, like what makes a bad guy? In my opinion, like what makes a bad guy, things you can look for is like the lack of accountability, as Shooter said. Like that's scary. The fact that he can go into these knowing what he has gone through, okay? He's set up for a redemption arc because they want this season to go well. And that seems to be the only play they have. So they're they're editing him really well. They're in turn editing Ariana to look like she's kind of arrogant and annoying. She has that one scene where she's doing her makeup in the mirror. Like I, did, I knew she dirty. was going to get dinged on that, but what she was saying yeah. was dead on right. Like, yes, I mean, yeah. but she looks a certain way and that's Bravo editing. They're trying to paint this picture. So my point is they're trying to do you a favor. All you have to do is one, get out of your own way, Tom, and two, take accountability. Don't go on podcasts and say the things you've been saying. Don't go on a podcast with Billy Lee and play Mary Fuck Kill with Ariana in the group. Say, like, I can't answer this. Like, be more down to earth. Like, understand the image that you have right now and be ever present well, enough. And the way, Billy, the, way Billy, the way Billy Lee was staring at this man like he was a Greek god coming out of a cold plunge. Like, <laughs> oh no god, ordinary like, man well, would be able to. It was pretty, this is a it was baptism of fire. It was a nine out of 10 on the cold plunge scale. So that's really yeah, intense. It's, it's, so, it's it, so intense. It's a nine out of 10. And she's like, oh my God, he's wow, you're not so human. Strong. You're a warrior. You're so yeah, I was like, I just, but I was like, of course, Tom's going to love to have somebody around that makes him like that stares at him like he is God, like stares yeah. at him yep. like this man just, can do no wrong. Between that and my the, uh, the drummer people like that. Yeah, Jason, like it turns my stomach when people like him have been. Look, he went through the ringer and I we have talked about it like, yeah, it's a cheating scandal. He didn't kill anybody like we shouldn't still be giving him this much hate across the board. Things got out of control during Scandal for both him and Raquel. Like it was it was borderline too much. But then when you have a chance to like step up and say, look, I messed up even with James. Like, is it a similar scenario with Dodie? You can you can say that there's similarities. But the fact that he would even bring that up in that moment and not have the wherewithal to just say, you know what, James, I am sorry I betrayed you, period. Even Schwartz, Schwartz was like. Dude, all you had to do was say yes. I yeah, agree. Like it's all so you had to simple, do. But he's so determined to clear his name for something it's that's not clearable. The ego. It's and like OJ Simpson. I didn't yes. kill Nicole and Ron. Yeah, you right. did. You, you did. did. And yeah, when things like, keep coming out and keep coming out and keep coming out, and you stand by the guy that you've been, that tells me that this is who you are and you're not a good person. And I give people a million chances. I do not believe that people are inherently bad to a fault. I will give you another shot. So I'm watching this like this could be an interesting social experiment almost to watch somebody be horrible, go through everything terrible, come out the other side and actually learn. But, but instead, see, is, you get the opposite. This is the horrible thing, though, you guys, is that he then, like I keep saying on the show, it's a spoiler alert because he did that vile files a month ago, you know, and it's like, oh, spoiler alert. He didn't change. He didn't do any no. of the work. He's just as angry, if not angrier than he was. So for the audience, we get these like context clues of, oh, my God, he didn't do any of the work that we're seeing him try to say that he's doing to get back in the friend group. But then in the same episode, he's then yelling about Lala and Sheena, even though he is having an opportunity to go to Tahoe with them and actually pull them aside. He is still so angry. And how are we at a point in this uh, whole saga where Raquel or Rachel 
is communicating better than Tom Sandoval. She seems to have a better grip on the yeah. actual reality of that situation than Tom Sandoval does. How did well, that happen? I guess because she, I mean, she actually did remove herself from everything. I mean, she was on social media. She did she the work. Did the so, like, it, and you know what? We have no reason to think that she didn't. She could have just been sitting with her parents for, you know, months on end. It doesn't really matter. She stayed out of the limelight. She didn't say it. She did the fucking Bethany Frankel interview, which was awful. But as, after that, she did nothing. But, by the way, wasn't that was awful on Bethany's part. Like, I mean, it was yeah. awful she Bethany, did it. But Bethany, it was also Bethany okay. did not land. Like, de- Bethany was so self-serving. Uh, oh, and that's why God. I disagree with her being the head of Reality Reckoning. But uh, you're, you're right. And uh, so uh, VPR as a whole, though, we're four episodes in. What do you guys think so far? I think they're playing a dangerous game here. I think that they they went the wrong route. Yeah, I think they went the wrong route immediately. I think they're trying to hone in on this, like the aftermath of Scandal. And look, you're not going to capture that. I hate to use this term, but that lightning in a bottle again, because it was so polarizing. It was so over the top and it captured the world. It was mentioned in the White House committee dinner. Like there's no way you can get back to that point. So instead of going into this season, like, oh, we're just going to pick up the pieces from all of this shit. Unfortunately, we are much further removed from this than they are in the show. They're three months out. We're a lot further out than that. So and people still don't seem work. to be able to get that. Like, it's so interesting yeah. when you go on Facebook and I try not to anymore, but you'll just read these comments where you're like, guys, like you realize this wasn't shot last week, right? Like, like guys, I'm like, help, like, come on. You're not this dumb, please. Like, no, and the Ariana hate is so insane oh that I God. just, it makes me so disappointed in humanity where I'm like, and it's coming from women. It's coming from fellow women of give Tom a break. He's a great guy. He, he, she wasn't giving him the sex, the pins and the batteries, all of this stuff. And I'm like, guys, if we can't get it right on the, the easy things, like right. this is an easy thing. And it doesn't mean you have to cancel Tom Sandoval, but come on. We're, you know, Ariana is out there not crying on camera. And it's, that's a ding against her, according to a lot of people. That That's she's crazy. actually picking herself up, holding herself to a higher standard and going out there and taking these opportunities and shining through them. But that's a ding against her because we want to see women suffer. We want to see women be victims instead of actually being a victim and then using that to catapult to the next level. And that's that's well said and well phrased. And I agree. And I think that bravo knew that as well and that's why we're seeing the editing that we're seeing because they knew okay let's flip it now let's let's put the the heat on ariana and make her out to potentially be not the villain but someone that can't get over it or somebody that is arrogant and has this ego about her now and look with everything that she's been through coming out the other side like had they highlighted that like okay what's ariana been up to let's go see what the result of all of this has been in the positive way like she's gotten a lot of things going for her now cool now let's go check in with schwartz and how schwartz and sandy's is doing how's he picking up the pieces there i don't need to see how the friendships are going to get repaired with this scumbag that doesn't deserve it just because they want to try to push this show further with the group together. It's not going to work and it's going to lead to a season. We've what we're three episodes in yeah, and it's or, dragging. Yeah. It's dragging and it's yeah, like, but it's like how, I, how? I don't I you know, like, listen, I, I always think it takes a while for the producers to actually tell the story they're telling. But they're in a difficult position because this is actually truly what they are dealing with three months after the case of yeah. getting the band back together. And the reality is none of these people should be friends with each other, nor a lot of them do they want to be friends with each other. So you're having to reintroduce themselves to each other. Schwartz is doing the aw shucks thing. Lala's talking tough, but you can get her to back down in a second. Lisa is trying to pull people and guilt them into 
into being friends with Tom Sandoval in a certain sense. We have these big things happening. Now, DJ James Kennedy, to your point, Steele, you said you give people so many chances. I'm assuming DJ James Kennedy is somebody you are giving a chance to, even though we've seen a lot of his behavior in the past. Like, Shooter, what do you think of DJ James Kennedy? I mean, I think that his his redemption arc, if you want to even call it that, I think it's been he's got one of the more interesting character arcs across all of Bravo. And I still come back to the thing that we heard from Tom yelling things at the reunion last year, where he was talking about James's behavior in Atlantic city. Like there's a lot of things going on there that we just never really dug into. And we don't, we just forget. We just magically exactly. forget because he's, and he, cause yeah. he's so damn funny on TV. That's, I mean, I that's all it can, is. He, yeah, Casa Kennedy, Casa Kennedy, welcome. I spent $2,000 on pool that, you know, guys night. He, he does well on TV. He, he shines. He does but, shine, but I think he also right now has a good relationship where a lot of people see Allie. Steele and I see Allie as a good component of the show. Now, does she bring a lot to the show? No, not really, but she keeps James, she keeps James in check, which is all we really need from her. And if she's going to convince him that, you know, write his life and change things and be a better person, then that's all we really want. I think the the real issue here and what's going to end up doing this season in in total is the fact that they picked up the cameras after three months. Why not let it sit for a little while? Now, I understand. Obviously, it's in hindsight. It's an easy thing to say. But if you let that chill for a little while, there's not a lot of animosity. So when we're sitting here and we're, you know, analyzing all the little scenes that are going on or where Ariana's in the pool and she's complaining that people are even talking about Tom in her presence. That's, of course, going to happen. It just fucking happened a couple of months ago. Yes. Like, I mean, imagine like, why are people your, mad your about ex. that? Imagine you're at like, these are the conversations that you have. Like yeah. this person was betrayed by this person she was with for nine years. So if somebody comes up to her and says, oh, Lisa's trying this and this, of course, you're going to say, it feels like a manipulation to me. Now, Ariana's grown up enough to say, you're going to do whatever you want to do. And also to your point about Allie, it was fascinating. And I will say, Allie's a good girlfriend. She kept a lid, a tight lid on that thing where she left. Yep. She left DJ James Kennedy for a weekend, which was revealed in this. And I was kind of shocked, but also it is very hypocritical and very VPR for James to be like, this time I'm doing sobriety for me, but I did do it to get Allie back to the house. Like, it's yeah. like, wait a second, yeah. you're saying two completely separate things. Steel, you're sober. Um, yeah. In terms of sobriety journeys, is it a dangerous path that DJ James Kennedy is walking? Because in the same episode, we see him being California sober and literally chugging an insanely strong THC drink that would knock me so far off my ass. What are your thoughts when you watch these things as uh, somebody that's been sober for a while? So I, Wait, how dabble, many years, by the way, Steele? I'm five years sober. Fuck yeah. Congratulations. Uh, yeah, I'll be six in August and I dabble with California sober as well. Like I'll take an edible here and there. I stay away from those drinks intentionally because in my mind, drinking a substance that makes me feel any kind of different way is too close to alcohol. So that freaks me out. So I don't even like look at those. My whole thing with James and the sobriety thing, I, I gave him a lot of credit initially when he said, you know, I'm doing this for me. I'm like, great, because that's the only way that this works. And there is no other way about it. If you don't do it for yourself, it's not going to stick. So I was proud of that. But then when he says that about Allie and brings it up, I'm like, ah, shit. And then I think my biggest issue with it and what scares me about it, because if he is trying to get sober and is successfully doing so great, I think that if that's a choice somebody makes, it is only beneficial for your life in so many aspects. Now, what scares me about it is if it is for Ali, then you're giving it a potential end date. So if that relationship ends, does that mean it's almost like there's a term called dry drunk? And a lot of people can be dry drunk for five, six, seven, ten 10 years even, but they're not actually sober. And it's pretty much a ticking time bomb 
And people like that tend to give themselves an excuse in their head, like, okay, but if this happens, there's no way I won't be able to drink. And then that thing happens. And now they're like, well, I've already justified this two years ago. If this was a thing, now I'm going to drink and he's going to go off the rails again. So I think that his sobriety journey is a little scary because he's not leaning on anybody else about it. Like he's seeming to do it on his own and that's next to impossible to do. You need some kind of support system there. That's not Lala who seems to think that she's the queen of sobriety and knows everything that there is to know about sobriety. And if anybody like the fact that she got upset that Schwartz said, I'm sober curious, she's like, that's not a thing. That's 1000% a thing. And that's wonderful that he is thinking about dabbling in that. And that's how some people get sober is they try it out. They maybe will have a couple of drinks like a few weeks in, and that's actually kind of a turning point for a lot of people because they've been sober for like three weeks. Like, you know what? I'm going to dabble again. And they have a drink and afterwards like, I didn't like that. And then they're actually sober after the fact. So I think that her approach to it is way too gatekeeping. It's like she holds the key to be sober and that bugs me a lot. And then with James, it bugs me because if you're going to be sober and claim that it's for the right reasons for yourself and then say it's about Allie, now you're giving too many things. And to me, that tells me he's not being guided through this process. And that's dangerous because trying to do it on your own, I could not. I was not able to. That's why I went to a 30-day inpatient rehab center and it helped me get my life together. It saved my life because I almost died. So like, when I see this process playing out, it's such a dangerous thing because nobody's going to comment on it because it's too sensitive a subject. Nobody's going to challenge him on it because of that. The way that Lala may challenge him is going to be too, too harsh or too maybe not understanding to it. So like that freaks me out. I just wish that if this is a journey he's taking and people are watching him chug a substance such as a THC drink that will end up resulting in a similar feeling. It's not drunk, but it's the same end goal. You're trying to change your presence of mind with a substance and it's a liquid substance, which is alcohol. So that to me is too close. I think that he's playing again. I keep using this term. He's playing a really dangerous game with his sobriety, which is not something you should mess around with. And I wish that the people around him could point at that next week, maybe be like, Hey man, I know you're being sober. Your behavior is a little alarming. Like you shouldn't be chugging shit as though you're drinking. And I well, just, yeah, it I just don't reminded me happening. of the, the chugging scenes from seasons ago when he was chugging a bottle of fireball. He was like, it's, ah. argue, like, it's too close, right? It's, it's just too yeah. similar of a substance that's going to make you feel a different way. And I think that it's a dangerous approach to take to sobriety. And I think that it's such a delicate topic and a delicate process that if it's not done under some kind of supervision of somebody that knows what they're doing and gives a shit and really wants to see you through it, it's it's almost impossible. So I, I wish him the best and I hope that this is real. I hope that he's able to stick to it. And I hope that he's able to watch this scene and be like, mm, not a great look. And mm, maybe that's not the best thing for my sobriety because it's pushing me towards a substance, a liquid substance that can make me feel different. So and even when I he's not getting those wins of big DJ gigs and things like that, that he can still remain a presence of mind in his sobriety, yeah. even when he's not getting that constant adulation and serotonin boost that he can remain that way and, and show that even if he's not getting big wins and big paychecks, it's still worth it. He is still worth it to remain right. somewhat uh, sober. Uh, do you guys have 10 more minutes? I'm sorry this went so long. Oh, yeah, of course. 
Okay, sorry guys. Uh, but I do want to, uh, as we start winding down here, I did want to bring up Southern Hospitality because it is interesting that you have Vanderpump Rules, which this started when they were younger working at a bar. And now we feel a really dark, horrible feeling sometimes when we watch the show <laughs> because they're nearing 40 or in their 40s. But we have these Southern Hospitality kids and I call them kids because I watch it and go, oh, you kids. Yeah, and they're making yeah. these horrible mistakes. You're just like, oh, but yeah. you're like, oh, they'll figure it out. They're so, I look at it like they're so young and I was watching the reunion last night, which I actually really liked. Um, and last time when I was on your show, you were talking about texting with Joe Bradley and this Joe Bradley shooter, he is not having the best season because he was telling other people's business to Maddie. He was kind of used as a pawn in one way. And then he's getting dinged for potentially hooking up with the Countess, Countess Luann. Shooter, you talked to to Joe, is the Countess a good kisser? No comment on that one. As, honestly, as far as we know, that nothing actually ended up happening. That was all just some tabloid shit. So TJ but, last night was completely saying, I'm 99% sure something happened. We think TJ is full. Because TJ seems like a nice uh, guy. It's he TJ said, does. he said. You know, it's he said, he said. It's, it's what Joe said versus what TJ said. So there's no, like, we don't have physical evidence to prove either way physical imagine if we did yeah, well we, we are getting the we are saliva. getting the dna we're getting dna right now yeah we got saliva <laughs> swaps from both so yeah, we'll, we we'll got swaps. Back. countess luann <laughs> dropped a pizza box that we grabbed for dna testing that's amazing yeah <laughs> no yeah i mean jeff uh, jay uh jay joe had a very tough season and we yeah. you know we talked about it last year he had a he had a rough end of the season last year as well and it's all around maddie it depends on how maddie's doing i mean he was mad he was crushing on maddie year. yeah Oh, he was madly in love with her last year. And then this year, obviously, the Trevor of it all, he puts himself in a position where he tries to play both sides of the fence. And he finally got called out for it. I mean, again, we're only two seasons in, but he's known a lot of these people for a long time. The people like TJ, the people like Brad, he can sit down with them. They'll call him out on his shit right away. And they're and that's why the show true. works, by the way. Yeah. The second season really works. It comes together because this is a real friend group. It's not housewives being cast on top of each other. Correct. They actually have some history, and that's why it's good. They have a lot of history and like we even saw a couple of moms hanging out together because that's how close I know, they are. Cool. So like so that's really cool. And we get to see that. And those are the good relationships that make these shows work because we actually get real relationships on this show. So watching his friends call him out for his behavior, we even Steele and I have talked about it a couple different times. He spiraled this season. I mean, he got to a point where nothing was going his way. I mean, he just kind of had his head down. He was working. He was complaining about how he wasn't able to drink on the job anymore. So he was no longer Joey bottles. He was Joey water bottles. So like every Everything, at least when it came to Republic and Republic is what he puts a lot of time into wasn't working his way. And here comes Emmy, which Steele and I have debated a little bit on whether or not Leva promoted her for the show or not. I could see it happening. Yeah, honestly. I think there's I a, mean, that, a world in which that's part. I mean, two things can yeah, be true at once. She can be sure. good at a job and also it can be good for the show. No, and, and I loved the uh, the office jealousy, if you will, and because like that brings me close to home where I don't know if you ever worked in an office or corporate America before, Ryan, but you get to see somebody else get a promotion and you're instantly pissed off. You just want nothing to do with it. You start complaining to other people. We got to see that front and center. And did he take it too far? Yes. He started complaining to everybody and then he even went to Leva and the age or the actual general manager and he went through everybody and he was showing how every every step I mean, of the way he was displeased. In what world do you, did Joe think that would be okay? Like in what no world idea. Do you think his opinion was better than his bosses, you know? 
No, no idea. Honestly, I, he he handled the whole thing. I think that he would probably say the same thing. He handled it pretty poorly, and he let his emotions get but the he's best. Young. Of him. That's what I'm saying. He's exactly. Every time, you know, these uh, every time somebody does kids. bad behavior on this show, I'm like, he's young. He's these young. kids. They'll figure it out. But you know what? We would probably, if Sandoval was this age and he was going through all of that, we would say the same thing. We'd be like, ah, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, yeah. maybe they're not yeah. kids. Maybe there's it's no, just what they're there's doing. no yeah. way in 15 years that he'll be doing this in a nine year relationship. <laughs> yeah. Like that's what I'm saying. Like so, Joe, watch Vanderpump Rules. Make sure you don't wind up like this guy but at the same time it is fascinating television to watch now joe bradley i believe he came to your live show in new york uh yeah. if i'm not mistaken and he was dating danielle at the time because i think danielle came too. as yep. well but now they are they've called things off according to yep. joe in an interview this week uh even though i know it happened before then um which i think is a good move but i was like it, I mean, Danielle and Danielle's going from Alex to Joe and Joe's going from uh, Danielle to to Countess Luann. I mean, it's just it's wild. And I was like, and some part of me is like, well, how much is this just to get the show out there to get the, the get us talking about this stuff? So in the times that we have interacted with Joe and like I talked to Joe, Shooter talks to Joe, like. I don't think that this is for the show. I think that he got caught up in something like, and I think that this is kind of his M.O., I don't believe that he is has bad intentions ever. I don't think that's ever how he goes into something is to like cause a bunch of shit. I think that he gets caught like up in Maddie. moments. Yeah. Like I think <laughs> that he gets caught up in moments and then he does something dumb and then doesn't know how to handle it. And when people challenge him about it, he tries quickly to smooth it over. And when it doesn't go well, he results or resorts to getting pissed off and, and saying something dumb. And if you watch this season play out, like, yeah, it was a bad season. My guy spiraled like, and I've genuinely, you know, why I love TJ. And in the beginning of season one, it irritated me, but I learned to like, that's who he is. Like, he's just going to tell you how he's feeling and he's going to tell you straight up and he's not lying. Like he's never lying about what he says. It comes off brash sometimes yeah. and a little out of nowhere, but he's going to tell you exactly what's going on, how he feels about it and where you're falling short. Watching this season play out, man, like, genuinely i'm concerned about joe like i i didn't see like a funny like oh yeah like he there's just his villain error like he's going downhill like you're seeing a dude spiral like literally spiral in front of our eyes to the point where at the reunion i'm like all right well he's had a chance to watch the show now he's seen where he's fallen short hopefully he can take some notes and come into this without a chip on his shoulder instead he's got all the chips on his shoulder and he's doubling down on everything that he did it's like dude if you can't see what happened here and like I said, we've talked to Joe. He's not a bad dude. I don't think no. he goes into shit trying to upset people and trying to rock the boat and trying to come up with these crazy responses to people. I think he gets caught up. He gets overwhelmed and he just reacts. And but that DM he sent to TJ that got released of like, you're, exactly a friend of, you're a friend of. I'm like, you're yeah. talking like a housewife, dude. Yeah, like, you're but, like, come on. you. It doesn't need to be like this. Please no. wake up because no matter, like, you don't have to do this. Like, this is not like, and stop watching the Bravo then if you're starting to call fellow cast members friends of. Like, do <laughs> yeah. not get to know the vernacular of Bravo. Just be right. you. For and better by or the worse, way, be you. By the way, what TJ said wasn't the worst thing in the world like no. he didn't get deserved to be called a rat he said he's 99 sure what everyone else is saying like and you can tell he was different. almost like ready to cry when he said he's like you know he was like everybody was like say it say it say it and then yeah. andy said hey how sure how sure in a percentage of you are you of this and he, you could tell it pained him to say it 
Yeah, I think he's just so caught up in this shitstorm of his own doing and does not know how to get out of it that we're seeing somebody that's completely lost. I don't think he knows which way is up right now. I don't think that he has the close friends that he used to have. And genuinely, this is coming from a like I'm worried about Joe. Like I hope that he gets kind of a slap in the face at some point during all this and realizes the relationship with Natty does not seem very conducive or not very healthy. Yeah, at the nor moment. would anybody recommend that after seeing Natty this year. No. So like, I just, I, I, I hope that he gets to a place where he can look inward and realize like how tough this season was. And I think he leaned on the wrong things to get through it. And that's the arc of a Bravo show, right? Like he could come back next year with this newfound, you know, self-awareness and, and be like, look, I messed up last year. Was I drinking too much? Was I doing this? Yeah. Was I doing it? Who knows? But I just, I'm afraid that he's going to lean into being a villain for a while. And I know, I don't, I don't know. That. I don't see that. I don't see him doing that. Honestly, we need I, a Christmas, I, a Christmas know, Carol man. with Joe Bradley, where the ghosts of Christmas future, past and present, <laughs> the ghost of Yeah. Yes. Jack Taylor comes and visits him. Let me tell you what your life's going to be one day. You're going to be on the Valley. <laughs> Joe Bradley's saloon, you know, like, um, uh, listen, I could talk to you guys all damn day. I didn't even get to talk about the Brandy Glanville mess that's happening. Oh God. Uh, you know, uh, but I, I really love you guys so much and I've seen we you need come to just so make far. This a regular thing. I know. So I mean, if you guys would be up for it. We should just yeah, round dude, Robin definitely. like my, or your show to my show, but it truly is. Cause it, 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 it gets me excited about talking about it again. When I talk about you guys, cause I do a lot of solo stuff and it gets so, uh, alienating sometimes, <laughs> but it, you, you really get me excited again. And I think that's also why, the listeners out there if you haven't started listening to go listen because they get you excited you know like of course they're nowhere near as good looking or funny as i am but they have their own thing and i think that's what we can all take away from this okay but i do want to tell you guys two shows coming up two live shows one in philadelphia a week from wednesday a week from this wednesday i believe is that correct yep. correct City Winery in Philadelphia. City Winery in Philly. You can go to our Instagram. The link is in the bio. The next show is May 3rd, and that is in D.C. at the Union Stage. We actually Woo! have three shows coming up. because May then there's 3rd another in the one. D.C. That's right. And then Boston is actually June 14th, and that's the City Winery in Boston. So we got oh, three shows coming yeah. up. Oh, hell yeah. Well, I got to come to the D.C. or Boston one. That just sounds like fun as hell. Hey, you have um, an open oh, invite, yeah. pal. Uh, you know, I really would like to actually come to one of those. I mean, that would really, truly be uh, really very cool. Actually, I, I think I could actually do one of those. Um, but you guys, these guys are awesome. And like, listen, from the first time talking to you guys until now, I just got to say, like, not even how far you've come, but you're just really good. You're the way, hey, the way you. you know, like, I, I know that sounds, I don't want to sound like, but like the way you express, this sounds so dumb, but just the way you no, express, it like, it's really, it really is so great to, to be to be talking to you guys. And I'm so excited for you. And I love seeing you on watch what happens live, which we talked about on your show, but it just goes to show you like Tom Sandoval in the New York times. If you're going to get these good opportunities come correct. Like the Brav bros did like the Brav <laughs> yeah. bros didn't come out there and go, well, Hey, how are you guys doing when Andy says that? And they're like, Hey, can we talk about QAnon? Like they're not going to say, <laughs> you know, like, they're going to use opportunities and show them how good they are instead of completely <laughs> Cutting themselves off at the knees. So is there anything coming on, uh, uh, else up that we can support you guys with? Uh, just the live shows. Come to the live shows. Uh, we're really excited for those. We're stoked. If you come out to one, we're going to bring you up on stage. So be ready for that. Um, okay, just yeah, a, yeah. a fair warning to you. Bring uh, your but... tomatoes and your cabbage. 
Do that too. Hit shooter with a tomato. I'll catch it. You know, I'll catch it. He's got hands, but, um, but no. And to what you just said, like we, I know you said like, Oh, it sounds corny or whatever. It really doesn't. Like we appreciate that you've been in this game for a really long time and stuff like that means a lot to us. You know, you've been a huge help and someone we looked up to Zach Peter, like we could list off a bunch of people that helped us kind of move us along this whole thing. But we all help each other. We all have a beautiful thing about the community. That's the thing that, you know, we can all rise up together, you know? Yeah. And we always say like, you know, we never want to feel like we belong here. We just want to feel like we're lucky to be part of the conversation. So we're just exactly, exactly. Like, I don't want to be the head of the table. I just want to be invited. You know, I'm just glad that we're Um, here. Yeah. So anyways, the bra bro guys go subscribe to their podcast. They do four episodes a week. Uh, they are excellent. As you have heard on this show, rate them five stars on Apple podcasts and Spotify. And I hope you guys will go check out their live shows and hopefully I will be on your show again soon. And you'll be back Definitely. on mine and rinse and repeat and all of that stuff. Thank you, bra bros. Yes, sir. Thank, Thank you. you. So bad. It's good. Was- is a betches media production. The show is hosted and produced by me, Ryan Bailey, with Meditza Lopez and Sandra Fryer. Additional support provided by Sean Kilby, Jorge morales Pico, and Rebecca Steinberg. Guest booking by Ali Friedlander. Video promotion by Laura Valencia. Be sure to send us your emails at SoBadIt'sGoodWithRyanBailey at gmail.com and follow the show at SoBadIt'sGoodWithRyanBailey on Instagram. And for additional craziness, go to Patreon.com forward slash SoBadIt'sGood. Stay bad, baddies. Batches.